Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week Episode. This is episode 118 for the week of March 22nd. I'm your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the wonderful Karen Randazzo. Who'd she have to blow to get on TV? <laughs> and this fantastic old Chris Randazzo. I'm just not really much of a church person. We here in this week's episode talk television. This week was Karen's pick. She chose Good Girls, season one, episode one, technically the pilot. But before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekaid.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Give us little tips, tricks, what shows to avoid, what shows that we have to watch. Whatever. Let us know you're there. We want to hear from you because we actually do care. So, Karen. Yes. Did you make us watch this so you have an excuse to watch it? Not exactly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think... uh, I made it watch it. I made you go watch it, so Chris would have an excuse to watch it. Ah, um, sneaky, sneaky. Because he, I know he wanted to, um, but I knew I was gonna be kind of a loss for a choice at my next turn. So I tried out a few new shows that we'd heard about recently, and this was the one I liked the most. Okay. Okay, so we, so you did not go into this blind? No. Okay. No, I had watched this and this, the one that comes after this okay. Cause before I st- picking it. I stopped myself at the end of this episode. I did want to watch the next one, but I, I didn't want to get, you know, them confused where it ends, where it begins. Um, surprisingly entertaining. Like, I, it's not what I expected. A lot of It's better of than I expected. It's as good as I hoped, but better than I expected. And what were you expecting, out of curiosity? Well, I mean, remember when I posted the the trailer for this in the newsfeed mm-hmm. a few weeks back? It didn't look like it looked like it had a decent enough premise, but it didn't seem like the writing was very good. Okay. And uh, which made me sad because I, the talent involved. I mean, the three main characters are they're excellent. I love all three of them. So. Um, I was just kind of not expecting the writing to be very good. And then it turned out that it was like, like you said, that it brought the feels. It was funny. It was smart. Uh, it was well-paced. It was, uh, it was good. It was really good. Now, Karen, you, you said you, you watched the second episode. Did mm-hmm. it, did it continue at the same level? Um, not exactly. Okay. But it was still good. It still made me want to keep going with it. Gotcha. Yeah, because I when I started, you know, investigating this show when, you know, you, you first posted the trailer and I thought it was going to be funnier. Not to say that it just, this didn't have its moments of levity, but th- this was way more dramatic than I expected. Yeah, yeah, I could see I could see that it was definitely it was definitely billed as a bit more uh, light than it was <laughs> yeah um everybody did a really good job i was pleasantly surprised with um who what is uh 
the the the, the woman from um, Parks and Rec. What's her name? Retta. Retta. She did a really good job. She's fantastic. Like I've only oh. seen her in Parks and Rec and only a few episodes because I have not fully watched Parks and Rec. And it's on even on that show. She's used very sparingly, mm-hmm. but enough that you can get a t- sense that she is really good at what she does. And I'm glad she has this showcase to kind of put more of that on display. Yeah, I mean, her storyline with her, her child, I mean, every each one of the moms has a child situation. Um, but hers, oh, it was devastating how emotional, like, her storyline was. Because, you know, the illness and then, you know, with the, the influx of the money, like, the respite that they got, like, you could... Just that scene in the doctor's office, the the second doctor's office scene. Oh where God, the, yeah. When she, she looks like, across. Oh, that yeah that that one really affected me because it's just this is something that this show seems to do really well is just point out how ridiculous, how ridiculously awful money inequality is. You know, it's like just basic basic health care mm-hmm. that should should be. The, the fact that she was so relieved at somebody, a doctor willing to listen and help and take care of her and her family was so, was such a huge relief to her. And, uh, you, you know, it was kind of heartbreaking because num- number one, you, you know, you know that it shouldn't be that way. You know that keeping her daughter alive shouldn't be that difficult, that impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. And that that affects that that's reality right there. I can't tell you the last time I've been to a dentist because we don't have enough insurance to cover that. You know what I mean? It's right. It, it's the, it's just the way it is. And and this is this is honestly the first time I've seen it presented this way, especially in what was billed as a relatively lighthearted show. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to choose this is um, how authentic it gives, like, an unvarnished version of reality for these people. That both the scene in the doctor's office, Mm -hmm. the first one, Mm -hmm. and when Annie is dealing with her boss before they decide to rob the store, when he's, like, sexually harassing her... But like, oh, oh I'm God. just getting oh. it. I'm not really a dirtbag, but I really am a dirtbag. Yeah. Both of those rang so clear to me. I was just, that 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 moment was so absurdly genuine. Like her her turning him down and his immediate response about her being a, a what a stuck up bitch or something like that was just so so completely realistic and like the fact that people have the gall to say that to other people and it's so commonplace is ridiculous and then seeing where that character goes that he is actually a scumbag and and, oh boy that that where that went was really tough you know that was that was that was nasty and and part of what it appealed to it uh to me um was that 
it wasn't presented at like the this special you know life-changing moment this was just sort of like run of the mill this is life this is what she has to deal with like all the time it's just how it is this is and that really is how it is for a lot of women in a lot of situations and you don't see that on tv at least you haven't seen that i mean you can see that you can see examples of it but it's always like oh you know i had this confrontation with this man and it like just changed my whole life this is just you know this is thursday yeah, and you know what I, else I liked about that is that it didn't it didn't go the easy route of falling down the trap of every man on the show is a complete piece of shit because Christina Hendricks's husband, uh, first off, um, uh, Matthew Lillard is aging very strangely. <laughs> but I did get I did get a little perk up when I saw that Matthew Lillard was in it. I don't know. Like I, I have very little experience with Matthew Lillard, but when I do, I was like, oh, I like that guy. But uh, I mean, he was he was a pile of garbage, mm-hmm. and uh, but Reddit's husband is fantastic. You know, he there he was a, he's a genuinely good guy. He's you know trying you know trying to make a better life for him and his family, and that's what's that that was a piece of this that made me happy because this could have gone a route where it just was completely man-hating and man-bashing and showing that all men are pieces of garbage. And in these women's lives, it's clear that most of the men around them are garbage people. But it's nice to see that there are some good men in their lives. And I also really like the fact that, you know, Retta's husband is in law enforcement Mm -hmm. and she's now a criminal. Right. And that adds a really interesting wrinkle because that's the relationship that I like. Um, well, even even Annie's, I don't know, hus- ex-husband or, you know, that is true. Child, yeah, like he was, he seemed decent, just in a shitty situation. Yeah, um, I I completely agree. He was not painted. He wasn't painted as a complete. He could have been painted as like just being an asshole and trying to steal steal the kid. And granted, he was definitely a flawed individual. He was. He is looking at the way that their daughter is a. Uh, is dressing and all that as just like this serious serious problem and uh, um, may whitman looks at it like uh she's expressing herself and that's a difference in but that you know that's a difference in parenting and i do ness i do side on may whitman on that one but he was also not coming at it like you're a piece of crap person and i'm here to like they clearly have a history with one another and they should clearly be divorced mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like he was an ultimately bad person you right know? yeah you could see why they would have been together at one point in time and you can also see definitely why, why they, they aren't, aren't together because they yeah. just fundamentally don't see eye to eye on the way that uh they should be raising their kid on the flip side of that, I really don't get the Christina Hendricks and Matthew Lillard marriage. Like, I don't know why oh, she married on. him. Oh, come on. Mid-90s Matthew Lillard? Of course. <laughs> Starship Troopers or whatever that Starship Troopers ripoff of Matthew Lillard? Absolutely. But more importantly, <laughs> who the fuck cheats on Christina Hendricks? That's with that very rack? true. You know, yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm sitting there with my girl and we're watching this and we made it a good two thirds of the way through. And I'm familiar with Christina Hendricks. I like I I knew what to expect. And like out of in dead silence, she goes, 
wow, her boobs are huge. <laughs> yeah, like ridiculously out of control. Like, like this woman's back muscles must be the strongest muscles on plant on the planet. Like, and at times, very impressive. It's, it's like she did a phenomenal job. She's a really good actress, especially in this role. I I don't. I'm not. I'm only familiar with this role, um, and Firefly. Like I know she was in Mad Men. I'm not a hundred percent. Like I have not watched Mad Men. Yeah, us neither. So I don't know how well she did, but I heard she did very well. But those are those are my like my examples of her, and she's always, in my opinion, done a good job. But at points of time, you go, you you're like it takes you out. You go, wow, like that outfit is specifically designed for a reason. Mm-hmm. And as she was, tr- she was doing so well as the protective, mo- like that was a, w- one thing I wanted to comment was the the three lead actresses, like those characters, are really good examples of types of parents. Mm-hmm. The I will do anything, f- like all three of them have the I will do anything for my child, but they just go, they're like they're just presented differently. Like Beth Christina Hendricks's character becomes overly strong, like very. Con- I don't want to say controlling because that makes it sound negative, but she she becomes a rock when uh-huh. Retta Ruby when she like she is the emotional one. Like she she becomes really like heartwarmingly supportive and 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 did what she needed to do to to, to support her her child. And then you have the Annie character, which she genuinely cares about her child and she wants her child to be happy, but she just goes about it in a childlike way. Yeah, she's doing the best she can, but she's kind of a fuck up. Right. And you see that they're all trying really uh, hard. (laughs) The exchange with her daughter where she's like, who's the adult? Who's the adult? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say that because that kind of really goes to what you were saying about not understanding uh, Christina Hendricks' relationships. Yeah, I get that completely. She is the exact opposite of her sister, whereas she had this idea in her head of what her life is supposed to be. She's supposed to marry marry a guy, and the guy's going to take care of all the bills, and she's going to be a stay-at-home mom and take care of the kids. And she apparently forced herself into this role because that's what she thought her role was supposed to be. And it wasn't until all the screws started coming loose that she, you know, kind of exhibited a little bit more of that, uh, you know, the fact that she really should be in control of more things, mm-hmm. that her marriage is a pile of garbage that she didn't really realize because she clearly got married. I mean, she must have gotten married young. She's got four kids and they're all supposed to be and in their 30s And they've been married for 20 years. Exactly. Like, they got married young. Mm-hmm. and That is true. Uh, and it's it just that's the, clearly the type of person that she is, who is the opposite of the way her sister is. Uh, I, I really liked that. I mean, I obviously don't like it because it's a shitty situation, mm-hmm. but I thought it was very well presented that like this is the kind of role that this woman thought her life was supposed to be, that this is the way things are supposed to be. And I mean, you and me have, have known people in these kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. We've we've met people that think this is just the way things are, and they deal with horrible situations. And I loved th- th- seeing her kind of crack out of that and, you know, go too far because she's always been this subservient wife person. Like, she even says she's like, a, <gasps> her sister calls her a Stepford wife. <laughs> and uh, it, it, that's just kind of what it's like. And I thought that was very realistically done. And I'm... I'm glad to see her also 
<laughs> she understands that you know, while her husband makes a lot of bad decisions, she still dumps the kids on him because she still trusts that he loves his kids, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. I, when it came, you know, push came to shove in a dangerous situation, she took them to his hotel room and said, "That's that." And um, I liked so much about the way this was pieced together. I really, really liked this show. I'm very interested to see. Uh, I hope they bring in the parents of Annie and Beth. I'd like to see like where they came from and how they kind of diverged. Because mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Annie had her daughter young as well. Like they both kind of. Yeah. Started in the same place, but ended up in opposite places. That's very interesting to me. I do want to give a shout out to the the. Well, there were a number of children in this show, but the two, like, lead children, the um, Ruby's child Sarah, and mm-hmm. Sadie Annie's kid, mm-hmm. they both did a phenomenal job. Like, yeah, they weren't like typical TV kids. And like, yeah, like that's what I really expected were all too. TV kids, and like I cannot tell them apart at all yet. Yeah, they didn't really give them any characterization, but I mean, they aren't much more than a plot point at this point. Yeah, <laughs> she's got four kids. We are the four kids. <laughs> the this the Sadie character. I mean, the interaction with her her mother, who is supposed to be the adult in the in in the relationship. And you could see that it's not necessarily the case all the time. Actually, probably most of the time. And Sarah, you know, Ruby's kid, is like a direct result of her mom. Oh, my God. I love this kid. When she gave that presentation in the beginning, she's like, we have to burn the patriarchy down. Actually, my favorite reaction was the mother and father in, mm-hmm, preach on. Mm-hmm. Like, and then when she was starting to light the fire next to her oxygen tank, and they're like, "Okay, we got to stop this." <laughs> that was all very cute. They, it's a really well done and well put together show. Like it, I'm not a big fan of you know three weeks earlier. I, I, I yeah, find that, and when, as soon that. as I saw that, I went, "Oh no, this is going to be one of those things." And they did it well because some. Yeah, sometimes you have to do that to be economical, and this is a pilot, so right. I feel if, give it a little. If they had given it a, the linear presentation, I wouldn't have been as engaged. Also, they know that people are going into this having seen the promos and know, like, okay, this is the premise of the show. It starts with like three regular women who rob a grocery store. If they saved that for the end of the episode, you. You would spend the whole time going, okay, get to the get to the grocery store already. Right. And the the I don't feel I would have been as engaged in the relationship stuff if mm-hmm. I didn't see what it was leading to. Like right. it was more it, Annie's story meant more because she was she got to the point where she was robbing a gross her grocery store. <laughs> her place of work. Her place of employment. And there <laughs> Both both myself and my girl were sitting there, and as soon as she bent over and that tattoo showed, the we both tattoo. went, oh, son of a... Same here. I was like, ah, oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> Stupid. Like, I I thought maybe it was going to be the eyes because he, sho- like, he showed interest in her or her voice, and it was foretold because he saw the tattoo before. Like, mm-hmm. it was put out there on Front Street. So, oh, 
so no. So I'm curious, Chris. I know you haven't seen um, Evan. Did have you ever watched Weeds? Yes. Okay. Why so a this, long time ago? <laughs> just from the premise, this was giving me kind of a Weeds vibe of like, you know, regular suburban housewife turns to crime to you know support her family. Mm-hmm. And I was a little afraid because I did like Weeds, but it did kind of go off the rails, and the main character kind of became a terrible person yes um but i don't get that from this so my fears were kind of allayed i wondered if you picked up any of it when okay i now that you say it i do get a weedsy vibe to it what i think this show has going for it that weeds did not is there are more moving parts there are three families or three storylines involved that they don't have to make such dramatic leaps because I remember, like, the last thing I remember in Weeds is her waking up after just sleeping with a, a stranger and putting on his shirt, and it turned out he was a DEA agent. And I was like, yes. that's, that's the end of the show. I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm, there's, I'm out. <laughs> I, they don't, they have so, there's so much available plot for this show that they don't have to do that. They don't have to rush to get to the someone turns horrible. Yeah, they don't need to jump the shark. Yes, they do not. They got a long way to go before shark jumping is necessary. And if they pace themselves, like, I'm a little upset that the, uh, okay, so there was enough baddies in the show before Rio showed up, which was the stereotypical Hispanic-looking gangster. Like, that really wasn't necessary in the first episode. I mean, you had all the, the 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 relationship drama that was going on, the fact that they robbed the store, and then the fact that once they robbed the store, it turned out that they really <laughs> robbed the store. Like, that was enough. To throw on that extra level, I feel like they might be cruising a little too fast. I guess that really depends on what the, you know, what the story they're telling is. Mm-hmm. You know, how much do they have planned like maybe they did need to get that out of the way quickly because we really we don't know where this is going it's it's <laughs> this is one of those wonderful situations where we're talking about a show that's pretty new right. so we um boomer like i is he dead i mean Do i you want me to answer that yeah no. oh all right okay i won't ruin <laughs> it for chris because <laughs> i want to i want to keep watching this show so no don't don't spoil that for me okay I, there you know what i'll take my headphones out go ahead no. No? Okay. I, I didn't think so. All right. And isn't that a crazy bus scene? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm back. And the angel of death came forth? What? <laughs> the doctor showed up? <laughs> it's, there's, a, there's so much possibility. I, I am truly interested because Ruby, like Ruby was my favorite character in the show. And it was because of her reactions to everybody else. Yeah. Like, like right She's up. definitely the voice of reason, but also like kind of in the most desperate situation. Like hers is the most life and death. Right. Yeah. Her first reaction to Christina Hendricks when like they were joking about robbing and her like, ooh, you're whiter than normal. Like that <laughs> made me laugh. And then later on when, you know, I, I think it was we just steal. Oh, no, we ju- uh, we just won. A half a million dollars. <laughs> and she just said, 
we did not win anything. Like those that like her delivery is spot on. Like she does a really good job, and I'm I'm upset that I I don't see more of her, or I haven't seen yeah. more of her. I think sometimes. Um, people who come from comedies will surprise you like that because comedy is harder than it looks. And uh, so when you get someone like this who has, you know, done so much comedy and then you've never really seen them in the mainstream doing a serious role, mm-hmm. they'll surprise you like that. Yes. Very good. I, Karen, thank you. You're um, welcome. To those listening to us Babylon about this show lovingly, uh, it is available on Hulu. Um, which is great, or the NB- or the NBC app, uh, like and I- also just as a quick little aside, how far into Jessica Jones are you, Evan? I have completed Jessica Jones. Okay, so uh, we're up to the point where uh, in Jessica Jones, like the night before we watched this was Saturday night, and uh, Jessica Jones had just accidentally killed the dude. So. The prison guard. The, the prison guard. So we finished watching this episode of this show where they accidentally killed the dude, and that was the cliffhanger. And then we switched right over to the Jessica Jones episodes afterwards where she's dealing with the aftermath, and that was just fun. Because <laughs> well, something tiny. tells me that whatever the second episode of this is, probably not going to be as dark as that. No, probably so. not. That's my guess as well. We're eventually going to have to talk about Jessica Jones, too. Mm. We sure are. Yeah, yeah. All right, thumbs up all around, Chris. I'm assuming you liked it. I, you, I, all right, big thumb, big thumbs up for me. Good, very happy good. with it, Karen. You're you're pleased with your choice. I'm very happy. Fantastic. It's a three way, fantasticness. All right, let's take a let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. On an all new episode of Nonstop Comic Shop, it's time for a T'Challa Palooza. What does that mean? I'm not entirely sure, but it involves a trip to Nelson Mandela's pants dimension, so it's got that going for it. Plus, the guys give their review of the Black Panther movie. Did they like it as much as the rest of the world does? Find out in Nonstop Comic Shop, episode 18. Works 60% of the time, every time. Sometimes, Geekade likes to teach valuable lessons, and this month, Alex Azar teaches us that if you're a scumbag and your ex is a voodoo priestess, you probably shouldn't try to take advantage of your relationship to con someone out of their money. It's a tale as old as time, and a lesson that rings as true today as it did back in 1990, when the Crypt Keeper put on his sunglasses and imparted his bounty of wisdom on us all. Find out just what the fresh hell I'm talking about in Rising from the Crypt Till Death, located in the Think Tank. Not that long ago, television was a very different place. TV shows weren't getting away with what they do today, and shows like Archer and Bojack Horseman simply couldn't have existed. But The Simpsons changed all of that, opening the door for networks to try their hands at all sorts of crazy new animation to try and leech off some of that success. Many of these trailblazing shows just so happened to be in the children's animation category, and one of the very best of them was Rocco's Modern Life. It's coming back for one last ride in the not-too-distant future, so Trish is looking back at the original series' brilliance and why it was taken from us just a bit too soon. Don't miss Before Their Time, Rocco's Modern Life. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. Hey, Chris. Hey, Evan. So, 
The internet so, is a buzz. It's the penultimate episode. Uh, so, so hit me up with a Dragon Ball Super 60 second summary. Let us begin. Okay, so uh, Goku and Jiren finally faced off after a little week's hiatus there. Uh, the show came back with some some just stunningly gorgeous animation. Really some of the best in the series so far. Uh, the fight between the two of them was really, really, really well done. Um, you know, it was just uh, Goku kept getting stronger and uh, Jiren kept strong, getting stronger. It was just it was what Dragon Ball does extraordinarily well. Uh, it's what it does best. Um, although it didn't, it, it, the, the fight didn't end like I thought it was going to. Um, but I was right. Frieza's still out there. But also, Seventeen is still out there. That was crazy. I did not see that coming. Apparently, when he blew himself up, he didn't actually die. He was just kind of out there. So um, Goku was fighting Jiren, and then uh, the um, uh, Ultra Instinct took its toll on him and uh, Jiren was about to knock him out and Frieza and 17 came and saved the day to step in but let's see how they can hold up against Jiren it's three against one can they do it can they win the tournament (laughs) thank you Chris find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Super and we're back thank you so much for checking out our commercials and the Dragon Ball Super 60 second summary Let's talk some news. Um, Karen, you, you started us off with this upbeat one. Um, it's from not Vanity my fault Fair. the news breaks, man. <laughs> Vanity Fair lets us know that, the, that the, the young actors who played Queen Elizabeth in The Crown did not get paid as much as her male counterpart. But that apparently... For the next season, when everybody is recasted, that's going to change? Well, yeah. G- good for the people who are coming along next. Right. I mean... All right. Matt Smith wh- is still Matt Smith. Like, he mm-hmm. was he was, do- he was a doctor. Mm-hmm. So... It- yeah, I understand to a certain degree that this is how things work, and Claire Foy was an unknown... Um, so there, there was a certain, I don't know, line of justification. Did they actually say the what he got? No, I don't think they did. Right? I don't think they did. All right. I but um, at the same time, she's in the title role. Right. I mean. I, 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 I fully understand. And I agree. She, they, it's just, I, I. Right now, I'm dealing with with the con stuff, seeing what celebrities are asking for or what their agents are asking for, and it and it 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 boggles the mind. Um, when and like still, when I step back and I look at, you know, she made forty grand an episode. That means in ten episodes, she made four hundred thousand dollars. However long that took, like that's a lot of fucking money, <laughs> but. <laughs> In turn, someone else was, and I, I don't remember who they, was. Uh, the girl from Handmaid's Tale, was making 200 grand an episode. Like, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it becomes, like, for me, it's hard for me to fully wrap my head around it when it, it gets to a certain number. It's not like, well, she was getting paid $18 an hour and he was getting paid, I don't know, $36 an hour. That, like... I could, well, all right, I can wrap my head around that. But when they start saying 40 grand, 60 grand, 200 grand, multiple times a year, like that's 
just unfathomable for me. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's less about the actual amounts and more about, like, the relative amounts. Mm -hmm. But I see what you're saying about just it being hard to comprehend that kind of... And at times, I step... When I... I, Yes. Nobody should get paid less than somebody else because of their gender. Start off with all of that. But aren't, like things negotiated and discussed and and like is it just like one person's agent is doing better than another person's agent that one person is getting 40 and the other person is getting 200 like is it the industry or is it the 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 people that are supposed to be protecting the people within the industry well i think it's sort of like going for any job like you don't know what anyone else is making for the same work so you can only like kind of go in with your best guess and your own assumptions about the situation and for Claire Foy's agent they can go in and say well we have this unknown untested actress um, and the, the producers of the show could just say all right well we're willing to pay this, and if you don't like it, we'll go get somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's true. And at which point they've got to make a call of what they want to do. Whereas somebody like Matt Smith and his agent can go in and say, "Well, I'm the doctor. Right. Pay me da 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 money." So, I did at the very end of this article. They did make comment about the law that changed in California. I didn't even know. Like, I didn't. I didn't realize like that was a thing. Like, someone would say, well, what did you make on your last role? We'll we'll start with that number. Or, like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Usually it's, like, you don't do that, (laughs) like, in normal jobs. Well, you're not supposed to. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, But like I stated, um, they are rectifying the situation uh, come the next season. Unfortunately, that does not do much for the previous season um but it is it's being it's it's being worked on which is good so sorry (laughs) 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 um i did catch this next one karen even though it didn't expand i don't know why i happen to catch this one maybe because it said buffy in in the, the the link but um so they're talking about doing a reboot of Buffy, and the only thing that they're waiting for is 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 Joss. So, how long do you think we'll be waiting for that? In- indefinitely is my guess. I mean, does Joss Whedon want to reboot Buffy? Probably not. Like, there's no reason for it. Yeah, I don't think we're we're. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's good to be left alone. But I, it, it's very interesting that in this article, how they painted Fox as <laughs> a money-hungry company, and it's true. Like they are all about the reboot. Get me an existing franchise that has paid dividend, and we'll do it again, and again, and again, until we kill it. Looking at UX files. And sometimes even after we kill it. (laughs) 
So, and so maybe sometimes it's good to realize that that's the case because it protects our more beloved franchises that maybe didn't make a ton of money from being rebo- rebooted and driven into the ground. Right. Yeah. But there's a very fine line. You know, I would kill for a Firefly reboot in some way, shape, or form. Because I am mad curious as to see. And, like, that's me. And I didn't see it didn't end properly. So on and so forth. Blah, blah, blah. As I recall, I was pretty okay with the way Buffy ended. Like, they told their story. We're, we're good. We don't need to rehash this I guess this there stuff. is something to be said for rebooting a show that's had a full run versus one that got canceled too early. Right. Right. But, like... Like I said in the beginning, they're waiting on Zoss, so who the hell knows? He's got a they're lot going on right now. Probably going to be waiting a while. Yeah. Yeah. He is so popular. <laughs> well, he's not doing Batgirl anymore. So. Well, I. Th- in, wait a second. So. <laughs> so, in this article, there's a couple of links as I'm looking at it right now. Those links may change when this posts, but. Four links, three of them say Joss Whedon in it. <laughs> Joss Whedon exits Batgirl, says he didn't have a story. Um, wow, this is not a good website. I'm sorry, <laughs> Vanity Fair, like or the playlist, wherever this came from. Rumors Joss Whedon, uh, Justice League may get Joss Whedon extended cut. That's another link. Woo-hoo. And then the last link is, forget the rumors, Joss Whedon is still directing Batgirl. So that one came... Nope. So one came out in February 22nd. The other one came out in November. So as of right now, according to the timeline, he's not. (laughs) Why would you put those three links on your website? Come on now, people. (sighs) He's still very popular. Very, very popular. And here's a segue for you. Speaking of popular, (laughs) Queer Eye for the Straight Guy has done the impossible. They have gotten Tom and Abby back together. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who these people are. I don't know who they are either. Karen, are you familiar All with right. them? Yes, I did. Uh, in my quest to find something for this week, I did start checking out the new Queer Eye. It comes very highly recommended okay. by some people that I know. Um, the question is, do you trust them? I enjoyed them? it a lot. Okay. Yes, I trust their. I wouldn't watch it if I didn't trust their opinion. But um, well, you watch stuff I tell you to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, but I did really enjoy this. Um, this guy is from the first episode that they did of this new season, and his episode title uh was named after something he repeatedly said about himself throughout the episode which is you can't fix ugly which is so super sad like that's what he thought about himself and they did you know a whole their whole queer eye thing on him and it was very um kind of heartfelt and moving and you know he he was a good guy he just you know didn't really know how to take care of himself mm-hmm. so they you know showed him all this stuff that no one ever showed him how to do before and he had this woman in his life who used to be uh, he used to be married to her 
I guess they got divorced. He he's he was been divorced three times. Oh Jesus! Um, but not this to, was to his the same woman. Recent, no. Okay. Okay. But this Ooh. woman who is his most recent ex-wife, he's still in love with and still in contact with, and it seemed like the sort of situation where she loves him and she wants to be with him, but she couldn't just put up with the way he lived. Right. And so once Queer Eye came through and fixed a lot of that, it, you know, made him not, not made him a better person, but kind of <laughs> brought out the best in him. Okay. Um, they got back together and uh, they're now engaged. As I was reading this article, like the show happened, they got back together, they broke up, but then got back together again and now are engaged. Right. It's a lot of movement for one relationship. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at this like with side eye because, you know, I don't know. Who knows whether this is actually going to last? He's already married this woman once. And uh, spending one week with the Fab Five doesn't exactly make you into a new person automatically. But uh, I still think it's a sweet story. It is. The, what The nice little bow on it is like, they are engaged, and he invited the Queer Eye team to the wedding. Um, and and Netflix is damn fools if they don't make that like a special. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be within a season. It could be just a, a one-off. A, like a the next Queer Eye wedding special. Yeah, there you go. And then it becomes a thing, and then every winter we have to watch a Queer Eye special. <laughs> <coughs> so... It's it's cute. The guy guy is adorable, um, you know, a husky bearded fella who looks just like a teddy bear, and seems to be working out for him. So, and I'm glad you enjoyed the show. I was I was curious because I I know no one who was watching it, but it is yeah, getting I mean, rave it's reviews. Not, it's not appointment television, but it's good background TV. And is it? It is a Netflix joint, so you can watch all of it whenever you want. Exactly. So I think that's the right way to do it. I did hear a lot of people say, like, oh, I cried every episode. I didn't cry. Like, I liked it. But I wasn't like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe what they did. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I've maybe i just come in. Uh, maybe you're just a robot. That's <laughs> possible. All right. <laughs> this next one comes from Dateline. Ryan McPartland is a co-star in Gabriel Union's Bad Boys offshoot for an NBC pilot. Okay, there was only one part of this article that I gave at all a crap about, and it was that Awesome is going to be on TV again. <laughs> That's it. Whenever I see that name, Ryan McPartland, I'm always like, oh, what's he doing? <laughs> Which is just weird. I mean, there's like Jessica Alba is also like, no, no, awesome. Captain Awesome. He's he's the lead for me. I don't even know. Apparently, he was in a Bad Boys movie. Maybe. No. No. So. Is he? Is the character. It's Okay. It's a Bad Boys spinoff. Yes. And Jerry Bruckheimer is involved. Gabrielle Union was in Bad Boys 2. Okay. I I don't know. I don't and feel like it's this is based off be her character. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. I, 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I should feel about it. I'm gonna go with my gut and go. I don't really give a crap. But <laughs> Captain Awesome is gonna be on TV. Check it out. Yay! Give him stuff. I liked him. He was fun. <laughs> Always nice to see that face on our TVs again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that face <laughs> specifically, not his acting, just the face. Um, all right, next one comes from Variety again. Uh, ABC has chosen to shelve a blackish political episode over creative differences. Now, apparently, the writers of the show couldn't agree on how the show should be presented, which is good because they actually like apparently they're on both sides of the spectrum so due to the fact neither party was happy they said no we're not going to do it which is better than one side winning out over the other i have never seen this show okay i just like the theory that the 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 those that are making it are paying attention and doing the right thing as opposed to putting out garbage. Yeah, I wonder whether it was a question of quality or whether it was just a question of what the network would and would not let them do. Okay. I mean, if I feel like we spoke about Blackish a while ago about a political thing. Mhm. I can't remember what it was. Was it the was it the Trump election? Feel like I'm they, not sure. I feel like they tackled that. This the 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 theory of this sh- episode that will not be aired is um, the baby is being told a story, and bedtime story doesn't go according to plan, and he just starts making up a story, and it they just delve further and further into that, and it shows a number of different vignettes, if you will, or or smaller breakdowns of his story, and they just weren't happy with the way it was being presented, so we're not going to see it. Does it say in here? I'm sorry. I'm, no. I know I read it, but it was a few days ago. Um, that he's talking about like athletes kneeling in protest. One of yes, that would that would be a portion of the story that he's telling the baby. For some reason, I got the impression that that was the sticking point because uh, I don't know. That's possible. I don't. I apparently see now. This show has discussed the Donald Trump election, the N-word, postpartum depression, police brutality. Like, they've covered a lot of big topics. So, I'm curious as to what was the straw that broke the camel's back in this one. If there was. If there was one thing. That's kind of what makes it curious to me is like, okay, they, they did, they do have a history of tackling important topics so what was too controversial for this show that is does not shy from controversy right um apparently the show is doing very well uh it is being moved to tuesday nights so that it could be an anchor show for like a two-hour comedy block which which is good i mean i've heard good things about this show just you know too much stuff out there for me to watch um i will probably i like most of the people that I'm familiar with from the show, I like most of them. Um, so I, I just, I, I like the thought that 
they're actually paying attention and trying to put something of quality out. That's how I'm, I'm choosing to look at this article. All right, let's move on. TVLine.com. We're getting more Luke Cage news. Um, okay, I don't know how to say this woman's last name, but Luke Cage adds. That's Annabelle. why I put it in the feed. Uh, yeah. Sakura. Shiora. What? Shiora. Okay. Annabella Shiora. Okay. That's not okay. All right, so she's going to be added to the Luke Cage cast as a season two's crime boss. And when I saw the picture, I'm like, wow, she looks vaguely familiar. And then I realized, oh, she's from Sopranos. There you go. So we are getting more information about the upcoming season, and it involves Annabella and her wants and desires for Harlem, I'm assuming. You know, it's sounds vaguely familiar to season one, and I feel that that's going to be their thing that he takes on the crime element in 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 New York, just specifically Harlem, and it's going to be. I I, I hope it's not the same story told with different actors, because that's the 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 inkling that I got from this snippet here. You know, you, you you know you understand what I'm saying. Like, one thing that I really liked about the new episode, the new season of Jessica Jones, was that it was completely different than season one. And so far, everything that I'm getting, the only thing that is changing is Luke Cage's personality. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I guess we'll see how it goes when it releases, but it's inter- it's good news that that there's a, a female a, a a new a new female villain lead. Luke Cage also did that last season too. So, yay! All right. Well, that other woman's still in play, so maybe this woman is going to be kind of like a foil to the other one. It's possible. It's very possible. I I mean, it's it's all. I guessing I have no idea but I just I just you know I felt it was a just an inkling that I got that it was mildly repetitive but I'm sure Netflix will do yet another phenomenal job with their Marvel stuff (sighs) all right from io9 Nathan Fillion I like the 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 title of this article bothered me (laughs) Because on my phone, it cut off the very end of it. (laughs) And then when I opened up the article, I saw the whole thing. The title for the article is Nathan Fillion is getting back into costume as Captain Mal. Ampersand for American Housewife. Now, (laughs) recently, Nathan Fillion has been tweeting... These very cryptic imagery, the images of him and the costume from Firefly, which is I was going to ask whether you saw those on Instagram. I, I did. And I felt like it was going to be some sort of cameo kind of thing. Like he did this very similar thing when uh, the castle stuff happened. Mm-hmm. He teases. He's mean. Um, but apparently, I, I don't know if I read it in this article or if it was further investigation, but there's some sort of 
dream sequence that the, the main actress has that he shows up as Cap Mal, which is cute. I guess it gets me a little bit of Firefly. But the the the, the main thing about this article is how adorable Nathan Fillion is on Twitter. Isn't he? <laughs> He's adorable. I mean, if, you, if the, the, the photos themselves. <laughs> um, which won't... Hold on. Let me scroll. Let me scroll. It's here. Some, was it here? No, it must have been in his feet. It was something like... Um, still a little snug but it's it feels right uh-huh. <laughs> like mm, yeah that's adorable that's adorable so if you want to see nathan fillion cat mal check out american housewife um does it say when or it just says two episodes from the upcoming season yeah it doesn't say when and if you are planning to tune in for this um i can say like i've seen this show mm-hmm I don't watch it actively, but it's cute. It's a good show. You'll like it. Okay. You won't, you know, it's not like, oh, I have to watch this terrible show just to see a couple of scenes of Nathan Fillion. Um, no, it, it's enjoyable. You'll like it. Okay. All right. I also found out that Dietrich Bader is on it as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was on- He's the dad. And he is very good. I was. On- I really enjoyed him in that. I did not know that he was on this show, which is weird because of the con stuff that we have discussed that I'm not going to make apparent because I don't know what's going on right now. Gotcha. Um, Tedrick Bader exists. He does. And up until very recently, for me, he only existed on the Drew Carey show and random episodes of Whose Line Is It Anyway and Batman Brave and the Bold. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) He's on this show. His character is a uh, professor, I think. Okay. And he has to do... There's an episode I watched where he had to like he has to write something um and he has a whole like routine that he follows to get into his writing mode and you know it involves this and that and the other thing and one it's like several steps and one of them is like he has a, a glass of brandy so he's trying to work on this project and he keeps getting interrupted by his family and every time he has to like start over from the beginning of his routine so by the time he like <laughs> gets to he keeps he basically gets himself drunk gets hammered <laughs> and then he's and then he's trying to like write this important thing <laughs> it's a pretty hysterical thing he's 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 a funny guy like he's a he's a talented actor and he's, he's a funny guy um it's just unfortunate that oh, oh and he played jethro in the no was it jethro yeah yes in in that beverly hillbillies movie remake thing like that's it. That's all I got for him. But it's nice to see that he's still working, and he, and he is a good actor. He's doing. A, he seems to be doing a good job. So, check out American Housewife next season. Get get your get your feeling on. Um, now this next one, Karen, you posted. I, why do I know, Jake McDorman? I don't know. His face looks so familiar to me. He was on Limitless in Greek. Limitless. That's why. That was the show that they made about the, the movie with the pill. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's yes. why I know his face. Okay. It just took a second. It's, there it is, written right there in, in text. Limitless in Greek. I only read Greek. I didn't know what that was. So he's cast in the new Murphy Brown revival mm-hmm. as Murphy's millennial son. Avery? Yeah, he's the grown up of the baby that she had in the original show. Okay. Cool. 
Um, it is is she in the show? Yes. Okay. Because I'm. What's her real name? Candace Bergen. Okay. Carla Roll Candace Bergen. Okay. I don't. I could like as I read it, I couldn't tell if she is actually in it. So. I'm hoping. Uh, right underneath one of these ads, it says the duo joined previously announced original cast members Bergen, Baker, ah, Ward, okay. Joe Regalbuto, and Grant Show. All right, there you go. Um, which is what was interesting, the most interesting thing about this one to me is I was not aware that this was going to kind of just pick off, pick up where the original show left off with the original cast. That's cool. Well, it's, I'm excited about But it that. is picking up. Oh, yeah. It picks up 30 years later, though. It's not like they're. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. It's it, But it's a continuation of the same story same is what I mean. cast of characters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is neat. Like, it's. it's so, it is a revival in the lines of uh, the Roseanne show. Like, they're showing mm-hmm. later on the same world. Fuller House. Fuller House. And I mean, to see... <laughs> really? Um, That's where you go, Chris? I'm upset with you now. Jesus. <laughs> to, uh, to follow a group of journalists that we were already familiar with from a completely different time, mm-hmm. to follow them in this time, and they're journalists? Yeah. That's very interesting to me. And I can't remember, but I remember being... What I do remember of the Murphy Brown show is that it wasn't topical. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious as to what they will do now. Because if they're not topical, they are missing a huge opportunity. It's that I think they didn't focus too much on the news that they covered. But at the same time, I wouldn't say they weren't topical. Because I just think like... Um, this one of the most famous episodes was when she had her son and she um was like the first single mother on TV okay. and so while they weren't like covering issues of whatever was happening in the news which makes sense you've seen other shows about news teams and it's it, it it's almost impossible for them to be about actual current events right but um they still stuck closely to issues that were important to people if not like you know of the moment gotcha well looks interesting i'll probably check it out i did watch a bunch of murphy brown back in the day it was one of those that oh murphy brown's on as i scroll through and i would stop and watch it wasn't like i was hunting for it mm-hmm. um seg- it side reliable note. yes <laughs> side note i've noticed which is very weird i watch a s- certain shows on hulu that i don't like superstore uh the goldbergs it's one of those where oh there's three episodes that i've missed let me watch those and for some reason at the end of the ones that i haven't watched so let's say i'm catching up on three episodes of the goldbergs once i've watched those three episodes hulu decides what the next show is i'm going to watch (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know why, but it is consistently Wings. <laughs> I loved Wings so much. I should 
<laughs> Keep that in mind next time I need to show to Peck for this. And, I I don't do, have and it was weird because someone else was here and I went, why is Wings coming on every goddamn time? So I just thought, you know, Murphy Brown, Wings, same time period. What was it? I think it was when we had Sling that it, it was doing the same thing to us, but it was always Gotham. And we're like, <laughs> fuck you, we're not watching Gotham. But at least that's within the last, I don't know, five years. <laughs> Wings, gotta watch Wings. <laughs> it was just very insistent that we watch Gotham, and we were just wondering who who was taking money under the table for that. <laughs> All right, next up from tenantnewsblogspot.co.uk. Karen. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Follow David Tennant on Facebook, and this is where all the articles that he posts come from, which I assume is not him, but his like social media team. <laughs> so apparently, he's going to be in a new HBO, sh- a newish HBO show, mm-hmm. an HBO show that is stealing from the BBC. Is that how? Is that what I read in here? Is that how I get it? Like it's originally? Uh, yes, okay. it was originally on the BBC, and now it's being remade for America on HBO. And he, did he have anything to do with it on the BBC? No idea. Okay. I, was, didn't know. I should really read these again after the initial reading because I never remember. <laughs> well, shit. no, it didn't It didn't state here. I was just curious as you are a Tenant fan. Tenant fan. No, uh, I had not seen. I, I'm not aware of him being involved in this, the okay. original. So what I find interesting is he's playing opposite uh, Jennifer Garner who is very American. Mm-hmm. And this will be an American representation of a British show. Will he be British? It's a good question. His I know American he do- accent he do- is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're not a fan of, of American tenant <laughs> tenant being Americanized, but check it out. It's a, it's a show called camping. Um, from my understanding, it's about a 45th birthday that goes horribly awry on a camping trip. Apparently, it did well in the UK, so they're bringing it over to the States. Anything? I read today <laughs> that um, Juliette Lewis is also joining the cast of this. Interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Another very American girl. Yes. Well, when it the show will be going into production in spring so we're not going to see it for a while but when it does check it out your weekly dose of tenant news (laughs) (laughs) okay so (laughs) i i love seeing where your articles come from (laughs) you can always tell even if like i don't need your picture next to it no (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay from (laughs) theatermania.com So, all right. So, it's a TV series called Central Park. Um, is Josh Josh Gad? He has done voiceover. He was the snowman, right? Mm-hmm. From that Frozen movie. Okay. So, and it's already gotten a two season order. Interesting. Yep. Wow, that's a huge order, especially from, from Apple. From the new Apple, yeah, the new Apple streaming that service. Is, a huge gamble. Um, but it does have some bona fides in there for, for a musical. I mean, for real. Damn. Even I know these names. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you got the... 
All right, some of the talent is also from the likes of the Book of Mormon, Hamilton. Uh, we've got a bunch of Tony Award winners. I mean, I, I, uh, Kristen Bell. Ah, come on now. She, I don't think she's in it. I think she's just mentioned as alongside Tony. And Dave, oh, excuse me. Yeah. I mis- I read that wrong. Yeah, Never that's mind. What, that's, and she Stanley Tucci. What? This is <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a show to watch, my friends. I don't. Apple seems to be spending some money. But it, I feel like this by the story or what? Yeah, this is it. My recollection: this was a very short article. Uh, it follows how a family that lives and works in Central Park ends up saving the historic site. That sounds to me like a movie. Like it should be a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a two-season show. I don't know. A musical comedy animated series. I mean, what the hell is this show? I don't know, but I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm sure you are. So, uh, I mean, was there any question? No, no, there really wasn't. Uh, no, do any idea when? Have you heard of any, mm. anything about this beforehand? I have not. All right, so we'll keep an eye out for that. No news as of when, but Apple is diving... <laughs> head first into this original content and let's see if it pays off because if anything does it will be this i mean there's a lot of talent in here wow wow i hope it works out speaking of talent note the sarcasm <sighs> they're rebooting clarissa explains it all to star they're in talks to reboot it starring melissa joan hart I don't know. I don't think this is necessary. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> okay, if to. that's your issue, that's fine. But the way you were talking about it made it sound like you don't think Melissa Joan Hart is talented. I, uh, I, it's a, uh, I don't think this is, uh, this is unnecessary. See, I think it's interesting. Cause, it could be. I uh, loved that show. Oh, me too. Oh. I, I loved that. And I mean, I, I had a huge crush on her. I had a huge crush on her. Not so much after that show, um, but I, I had a huge crush on her when I was a kid. And this I don't was know, her I really younger that one, show. right? This was yeah, this was pre, pre-Sabrina. Pre-Sabrina, okay. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it, this, was a, this was a neat show. Um, you know. 65 episodes. Holy shit. Five years. Five seasons. Uh, I I don't understand what they I, I didn't read the article I don't understand what they mean by rebooting the show with her I mean she's she gonna be have, the mom figure right she okay would she be would have mom, to be the mom yeah which is what's interesting to me yeah okay. uh, her having a having her explain it all from her perspective as a mom that could be a really interesting bit kind of like that you know the the premise behind that girl meets world show that people seemed to like who were also fans of boy meets world which wasn't me i missed that train um wait girl meets world was boy meets world but with a girl like it was the same show just right well it was no it was the daughter topanga and watson fred savage's brother grown up and then it was from their kids perspective right but it was still the same it was about the kid it's all right so you would be interested to see this show. Clarissa, you want Clarissa still explaining. You don't want her daughter explaining. 
I would think so. Okay. I mean, I think that would be, well, I mean, if it's going to be a kid's show, then perhaps it should be from the kid's perspective. But I don't know. It could be interesting to see uh, what that character grew up to be. What was interesting to me in this article is that uh, Kriegman, who I guess was the original creator of the show, um, wrote a novel in 2015. Which I need to read. Called Things I Can't Explain, and it it it, it goes in. It follows Clarissa in her late twenties, hmm. which that would I would find that interesting. I well, never not heard necessarily of in her late twenties, or just as an adult, how things have changed for that mm-hmm. character. Um, they're rebooting a lot of stuff, trying to give our the things that we were interested in, give it to our children. Or the the generate well mul- probably multiple generations below us, okay. In a way that really just wasn't available, you know, like things that our parents would want to do that for us, like mm-hmm. that platform just wasn't available. Right, like nowadays. nobody is remaking Mash for a younger generation. Like that just do- didn't yet. happen yet. Now, <laughs> now that I've said that and put it out in the universe. <laughs> I I think they would be better off trying to cash in on our sensibilities because we grew up with this show. Granted, I was not one of them, but you were. Okay, You probably will not be as enthralled with the same show with a different cast, even if she is in it as an adult. Like it's still, it wouldn't be as interesting to you. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of like watching Fuller House. I mean, not to bring that up again, but, you know, I watched an episode of that, and I was like, this is cute. It's more Full House, right. uh, just from a slightly different perspective. But, you know, I, I didn't necessarily begrudge its existence. Um, I found value in that show when I was younger. I'm sure kids can find value in something that's more modern, that's the same flavor. Um so, uh, and I guess I wouldn't necessarily begrudge this show for being for being that. I, I doubt even if it is from the mom's perspective that they were still going to be a Nickelodeon show, and so it's probably not for me. But that being said, I you know, I think I think that there would be value in, having, in it having it be kind of from both perspectives, the mother and the daughter, because uh, true, I yeah. feel like that's a thing that isn't really served in kids entertainment is kids being able to understand their what their parents are thinking parents understanding what their kids are thinking like this could be a good show that would be interesting teens and tweens to sort of watch together and help help them understand each other bridge that that'd be great if if it were yeah that that i could i could see being a thing like that i would i would understand um interesting um like I like like you corrected me. They're in talks. Nothing is solidified, but it's a, it's it's an idea that is like it's out in the universe. So we'll keep an eye out for it. Um, and I just added that book to my Goodreads list. There you go, <laughs> uh, Chris. You posted up this Radio Times article, which I found funny. That Martin Freeman is just really upset with fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is also something that kind of irks me that the internet likes to do. Go ahead and talk talk about it first. <laughs> Martin Freeman has had it with fans wanting Sherlock and Watson to be lovers. <clears throat> A quote. Me and Ben, we have literally never, never played a moment like lovers. We ain't fucking lovers. Now, 
I added in the fucking because it's F star star ing lovers. Apparently, this website is classier than I am. Um, well, it is the Radio <laughs> Times. It's kind of a big paper in Britain. There you go. Um, I found this hysterical. <laughs> like, it's a th- like okay. Fanfic is a thing. Has been a thing for a couple of years now. Um, couple. Yeah. Where storylines are taken or storylines are created with existing characters to make love interests. Okay, we'll just leave it as broad as I can make it. Um, Well, that's not all fan fiction is. Fan fiction is just unofficial fiction, but a lot of it revolves around shipping a couple of characters. And one of the things that... Oh, I was just going to say, I think that what this is more categorized is, as is called Slash, where it's two, it's like this character slash that character, and that describes the relationship that's going to be explored in this particular fanfic. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is something that I, I see a lot, where it's just that you cannot have two heterosexual characters that are friends and it seems to be specifically with males there just can't be two male friends on a show that the internet at large doesn't think they should be gay they need to be gay that needs to be a thing they need to love one another and and make out and be married and be gay because it's great to be gay they have to be gay 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 gay. it's like dude calm the hell down sometimes people are heterosexual it's okay it doesn't have to be that way on on all TV all the time, and like it's so strange. Like that is so the opposite of the actual reality that it's okay that that nobody should ever, nobody will ever need to say it's okay for people to be heterosexual. But at the same token, there's this fan base that no matter what it is, no matter who the two male characters are, like Falcon and Captain America, they got to be banging each other. Those two need to they need they love each other. Tony Stark and Captain America too, making a big three way gay relationship. Just make it happen. They're gay for each other. Like, I don't understand this just feverish, just, they have to be gay. They have to. It's like, calm the hell down. I'm laughing because you're not even aware of the entire, like, supernatural aspect of this. Where, like, <laughs> the brothers need to be together or Dean has to be with Castiel. Like, oh my God. It's, it's like, it's the hugest thing I've ever seen. That doesn't surprise me for is, even is a moment. Nonsense. Not nonsense, but, like, that, that that type of fiction in that world it's it's a thing but at the same time um i don't know i take a little bit of issue with martin freeman for this because dude it's the internet people are gonna want you to be gay just relax <laughs> like he seems to be taking it in the, this article as like an indictment on his performance like people seem to think that by the way we played it that we should be gay and we didn't play it that way and like i i take this as an insult against my performance like that's not what it is settle down well it's i'm sure this was the 389 seven, 389,000th time he's heard that in the last 15 minutes which is probably where he they probably just caught him on a day where he hasn't had a coffee yet and he wasn't done sifting through the 14 billion emails he gets every day saying that he and sherlock need to be gay and he's just like could you just stop for five minutes could you just stop for five minutes and appreciate the fact that i wasn't playing him as a gay character and the relentless internet of saying no be gay do it now i also like 
how much he cursed in this article. Like, <laughs> yeah, hang out with too. Martin Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that made me happy. So, he would call somebody a cunt in this, too. Yeah. I was like, yay. I like no, it. no, he called himself one. Oh, right. Otherwise, you are. Um, what I what I didn't even think about, which brought to light, it was brought to light to, for me in this article, is that there's the possibility yes. that we will see them together in the Avengers Infinity whatever is coming up. Now, what do you mean in whatever is coming up? Now, imagine if you will, Doctor Strange shows up in some sort of Shieldian type military establishment. And they just look at each other. And one of them says to the other one, you sound funny. That's it. <laughs> and they just let it go. Hey, I thought you were going to say, imagine they just, you know, encounter each other in a scene and they just look at each other and start making out. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm okay with them being heterosexual. Okay. You know what completely blew my mind in this article? What's that? Calling Benedict Cumberbatch Ben. Yes, that blew my mind too. Oh my god! Like it's a completely normal nickname for his name, but I never thought about it like that. Yeah, totally makes sense. Just never in a billion years would that have occurred to me. Like these two guys are Ben and Marty, and would you ever call either one of them that? Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. <sighs> that was a fun ben one. Has. I liked that one. All right, let's let's finish this up. This was interesting. This is. Um, this is technically TV news because it involves a TV actress. Um, there, okay, Cynthia Nixon has announced her run for New York governor. She's going to be a, a gubernatorial candidate. Which Nice word. Thank you. And I said it right and I used it right. Um, she... I like I had I had no knowledge of her career outside of that. What was that show that she was on? Sex in the City. <laughs> um, apparently, she's heavily into the the, the political world. Um, and I like her stance on a lot of things so far. From what I'm reading in this article, I'm okay with her being governor of New York. I think she would be good for it. Yeah. Um. She has definitely been more visible in the, like, kind of resistance movement that's been happening. There are, I've seen a lot of clips of her making speeches at various protests and demonstrations and things. Um, I watched her, like, campaign launch video this afternoon. Right. It was pretty effective. Um, And, yeah, I mean, if you're a Democrat or if you're even just against the current administration... Um, this she looks like she wants to do right by New York. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, neither one of none of us live in New York, okay? But I spent a very large portion of my days in New York, and the th- I lived in New York for several years. That's I. That's also very true. Um, the things like I don't know the small little topic of the New York subway system, which has been neglected for eons like that's a thing that should be rectified like that's mm-hmm. that's a that's a thing and it's not it's not being taken care of it's not even really being discussed anymore unless it's hey you're still not doing this kind of thing um 
And that's part of her platform. Part of her platform. Her campaign. Also, public school. Get a lot of talk with this current administration about the uh, charter schools. Not very much about the public education system. Mm -hmm. It's also part of her platform. Like, it's... It makes all sorts of sense. So to me, that means it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I continued reading the article, got down to the very bottom of it, and apparently uh, a previous version of this story indicated Nixon poses a credible threat. That had to be changed. Like they changed that line because apparently he is well ahead in, in the polls. Well, I mean, yeah, she announced her candidacy like today. Mm-hmm. So. So. Um, I did hear somebody make a joke about this that uh, before you go saying that Cynthia Nixon isn't qualified to run for government office, she has two more Emmys than our current president. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So right now, it uh, it really doesn't matter what you did before. Like, as lo- as if you are solid now, I'm okay with you. That being said, let's finish up this. This show, I like. I don't. I can't believe that this is the state of our world. That we are, 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 are. <sighs> Goose Fraba. Anywho, Chris. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it gets exhausting sometimes, Chris. It you really get, does. You get tired, <laughs> and you just want to go. I want off this train ride. I want out of this. Like this feels like a TV show, like a really bad TV show. Chris, you got a spiel for me? I do. <laughs> I'm just laughing at a picture I saw. You can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K R I S. Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, if somebody wanted to pretend that you were active on Twitter, where would they find you? <laughs> Geekade underscore Evan. <laughs> I am active now. I do a lot of retweeting. <laughs> I haven't I've, noticed. I've noticed him be a little bit more active lately. All right. I'll keep my I'll keep my eyes peeled. If you're interested in show, information <laughs> about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. And fun fact, you can tell how tired I am by how quickly or slowly I read my spiel. Back to you, Evan. Thank you, Chris. Now, before it is your pick, and before we get to that, I just want to throw in a quick ad for my upcoming show. Um, it's a one-man show. It is a one-man show. <laughs> it's about how I feel about the presidency. Um, no. I am the... <laughs> by night, I am the general manager for Garden State Comic Fest, and we are doing an Atlantic City edition. So we are taking over the showboat for... April 6th, 7th, and 8th. Um, The show is 7th and 8th. We are carting a crap ton of stuff into the showboat. The showboat is no longer a casino. They're now making it into a convention center. So we are going to be one of the the first big show that that they're housing. Um, The premiere. The premiere. 
Um, I, I'm bringing it up here specifically because, I don't know, was it three days ago, give or take? We just announced our big celebrity get. We are going to have Summer Glau. She will be at our show from Firefly fame, from Sarah Connor Chronicles. I think she did a stint on um, oh, Arrow. Uh, yep, she was, she was on Dollhouse. She's on oh, Dollhouse. Yeah. She did, she's done a lot of TV. Um, she's going to be there, you know, taking pictures, signing stuff. Um, plus, we have one of the best artist alleys out there. And tons and tons and tons and tons of vendors to buy all sorts of stuff. So please check us out. Uh, you could find us online, GardenStateComicFest.com. We do a bunch of different shows. This is the AC edition. So please check it out. Chris will be there as well. I will. I'll be selling stuff. Yes, you can You can meet Chris. You can probably meet me too, but you'd have to find me because I run like around that place like a chicken went out my head. So much I'll be to there do. too. Yes, you will. Not in an official capacity. <laughs> I will be there in my capacity as mother of my children. <laughs> mother of the children. So and I'll be hanging out of the showboat officially. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Just Jay. don't be hanging like off of the showboat. <laughs> you guys want to buy some fireworks? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I really want you to have fireworks at the table now. <laughs> Just fake ones. All right, Chris, it's your pick this week. It is my pick this week. What are we watching? Oh, <laughs> you've already watched it, sir. We're we're talking about season two of Jessica Jones. Ah, JJ. Because it is time. We only have two episodes left ourselves. We sh- we should be able to finish that by next week, no problem. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna talk about season two of Jessica Jones because I've been enjoying the hell out of it, and I want to talk about it. Very good. So this is the rarity where we're talking about a complete <laughs> season. We standardly do this for all of the Netflix Marvel shows. Because they're just kind of like one big episode, you know? Yes, they, one 13-hour-long episode of Jessica Jones. So, that's it, people. We appreciate you tuning in. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I robbed a grocery store. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.